Welcome to another episode of Five at the Back podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today. We have uh, Scott, Eric, Jen, and special guest Christian filling in for uh, Charles, who is MIA tonight. I think he's making gingerbread houses or something. But Christian, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. So Charles is currently in Tallahassee, I believe. And we actually have a, a bet going on, me and Charles. And I think Charles is currently hiding from the bet. So, so we had a little bet that he could actually score five penalties, five penalty kicks against me in goal. And, uh, and we had a little bet of $50. And uh, since we made the bet, he's been on the run. So, uh, so Charles is... <laughs> trying to be found somewhere so we can have this little competition so i don't know where he is so i, was like, I thought he was helping his mom do something like his mom uh, move or something sure no okay. that was what he okay. said but it's, it's not true yeah. okay true. i bought the lie uh-huh. fair enough charles is no <laughs> charles is no bruno fernandez that's for sure right Ooh. oh so be sure to check us out on twitter 5atb f-i-v-e-a-t I'm going to go ahead and shout out our holiday episode that we're going to be doing next week, a little special edition episode. We actually decided that uh, for the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever your cup of tea is, we sent each other a secret Santa gift or gifts. And we are going to uh, do an episode where we open them live and record it on video and we're going to throw it out on our youtube channel we'll link it on twitter but uh it'll be a fun experience i don't know if the gifts are banterous if they're nice gifts if they're insane gifts you just never know with this crew especially with eric i mean you you could get anything sometimes you you get a (laughs) you get a really kind story about you know a footballer saving the lives of a you know an elderly woman and the other time there's sex robots going crazy on the soccer field so who the hell knows what's going to go on but it should be a uh, a fun episode next week that'll be dropping so look for that uh gonna go ahead and pivot us now into it's kind of a big day today big matchup at the top had a had a had a little game go on maybe uh maybe some goals scored Leicester Everton maybe one team (laughs) set back we we talk Leicester Everton first yeah let's go for that so yeah, I, I think you're talking Spurs Liverpool, right, Skiff? Is that what you're trying to bait me into oh, here? Oh, okay. No, I would never do that. Uh huh. So yeah, so two one Liverpool took the I, points there on the in the death. I'm sorry. What what was that score? Two one. Two one. Two one. Yes, it was it was deserved. I mean, I I I will start by saying I don't think either team was better than the other. I, I don't honestly out of all twenty two players on the field i don't think anybody made a huge mistake in the match christian i see your face i i think that uh (laughs) there's a difference between possession and control and obviously liverpool had the majority of possession because that was the that was the way both clubs were going to set it out um you look Mm -hmm. at the xg it wasn't particularly close um spurs were one seven to one two for liverpool so um you know I know there's – I'm surprised I didn't see more complaining about the sun goal not being ruled off with VAR. 
Um, it was the first time I can remember VAR actually being used correctly. Like they didn't zoom all the way in and see like hair follicles and <laughs> where this guy's heel was. And if it was one yeah. of the studs were up, it was like, well, that's not obviously offside. So I was surprised and impressed that they didn't rule it offside. I think he may have been narrowly off, but it wasn't clear and obviously off. So um, to add to that, like the way that I talked myself off the cliff as far as that was concerned because yeah like initially you're thinking what oh my god like you know what I mean kind of the 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 season up to this point but hopefully I'm I'm really hoping it's like a new chapter you know what I mean like it's this is the way that they're going to do it going forward is that if it's within like an acceptable margin you go with whatever the ruling on the field was well what was interesting What's interesting to me, though, is I can't remember who it was. It may have been LaCelso. No, LaCelso played the ball. Maybe it was Kane. Kane dummied the pass. And when Kane, he didn't touch it. So that mm-hmm. was why it wasn't ruled offside. But when he interacted with the ball, Sun was offside. So had he touched that? Or in previous years, there was there were different rules about whether you had to actually touch it or be engaged. Um, I thought they might have gotten nitpicky there. But it was a, it was a great pass and a great finish. Yeah. I mean, Alisson had no chance. And then I, I'm not going to lie, this Salah deflection goal, I was pissed. I mean, of course, it's like the crappiest, stupidest goal I've ever seen. But of course, it was going to happen that way. So it wasn't the crappiest goal you've ever seen. I promise you can like if no. in the moment, maybe. No. But like in reality, you've seen dumber. I promise. No, I don't think so. <laughs> OK. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. So um, first half was controlled by Liverpool. Obviously, it was like. 80, literally 80% possession. So that, that wasn't uh, entirely surprising. I, I'm still not convinced that that's exactly how Mourinho wants the team to play. I mean, he made a, a comment after Crystal Palace with the 1-1 draw last weekend that um, the, the players, the, he was pushing them to press higher and come out of the shell more, but they just didn't do like he wanted them to do. And you, you saw in the beginning of the second half, right after they probably got their butts chewed, they came out and we, it was a totally different, same system, but a totally different way of playing in the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. And I, I think that's probably more of what he wanted to see. I think the players in the first half showed too much deference, too much respect. Um, and that's why we saw what we saw in the first half. Well, you know why they showed that deference and respect, right? You came into the house of the champions, defending champions. We don't lose at you home. Make it, you make we don't it lose so at home. hard. You make it so hard for me not to just say dumb things back to you. Do you know that? We don't lose at home. You haven't beat us at home. I, I read an interesting statistic today that at one point it was 73 years in between when Tottenham had beaten Liverpool at Anfield. It might be another 73 at the pace that we're going. You don't beat us at home. You sat in your little shell. You, you turtled up like the little man that Jose is. His team was all compact and sitting there going back and forth. You got a questionable VAR decision on the oh, dire no handball. You got a questionable oh, decision on the sun offsides where on Liverpool, they zoom into the, to the hair follicle level. And on sun, they're like, Oh, he's a nice guy. Except for that time that he kicked the guy in the, the chest, you know, we're just going to let him go ahead and have a free goal against Liverpool because, you know, Tottenham is our pretty boys. We want them to win the league. And so now, you know, it's one, one and we're going in and you guys come out on fire. You're, you're running around like crazy men, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Maybe you look like you're going to do some pressure and then 
birds get scared again and they go into their little bubble again. And, you know, uh, Bergwine is, uh, you know, what is it, like a championship level finisher today? League one, League maybe? One. I mean, yeah. you're lucky he is, by the way. I mean, Sun would have buried both of those chances. Yeah. Right. But he didn't. Well, okay. So you're giving you're giving absolutely no credit to, to Alison as far as. Well, he what, didn't save either one. He didn't touch either one. No, no one, no, one but, came no, off the post. No, 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 yeah. no. But what I'm saying, but well, hold on, hold on. As a goalkeeper, aren't you supposed to make yourself big and and affect the trajectory and make them hurry and make them go wide by your presence? I mean, isn't that what you're supposed to do as a goalie? You well, don't have to touch it to affect the play. He didn't impact either one. Of the, now, Alexander Arnold on the yeah. first one pressured yep. Bergwijn very well. Yep. He forced the yeah, the first one was a difficult chance. The second uh, one, he just yeah. It was just garbage. It was a garbage finish. I mean, Alisson, don't get me wrong. Had it been Pickford, you know, maybe maybe it would have been different. But it, it, he should have finished it. I mean, he's it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, literally anyone else in our front three depth Very would have sad. put it away. We were also but but he worked. He played well. Otherwise, like I, I don't even want to jump off. Like he finished terribly, but he defended well. He did what he was asked to do. He worked his tail off. I don't want to pile on. He just. Mm-hmm. didn't that's that's the Mourinho what he's going to do we've talked about it every week we are going to get high quality chances more big chances and if we convert them we win you could but you didn't skiff, skiff you, you, you guys didn't. didn't have a good chance Stop. all game not a single one two balls congratulations in the back of the net. your possession congratulations you yeah two balls off one off of a shin and one after somebody gets a rugby tackled on a corner kick oh like, you guys didn't do anything oh. Oh, poor Eric Dyer. There was a sniper up on Anfield and he shot him. He got touched in the back and he dived like Raheem Sterling. How do you? That was the biggest dive. How do you? The biggest dive I've ever seen. How do you poo poo other people and then you whine for a minute straight about the, it wasn't a VAR here and then it wasn't a VAR there, but oh, oh my God, it wasn't this on Eric Dyer. Like, how do you do that? How do you reconcile this in your head? It's not even logical. I didn't whine at all. Cognitive dissonance is not an issue. I mean, just... I simply pointed out the fact. Christian, is there a club with more history with a smaller mentality than these Liverpool fans? Liverpool, honestly. Like, it's like like they think... They think that everything goes against them and everything that goes for them is like, well, we deserve that because this one time there's thing happened. Like you guys got to either be a big club or don't like you whine when stuff happens and then you don't act like anything ever happens against you. Like get it together. I mean, we a big club from the guy that has zero trophies. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay. Oh, here cool. we go again with cool. that. Yeah, off the, so, off the top rope. There. Christian, what were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so, so as, as Scott says, you know, it, it was 30 years since Liverpool won the league. And, uh, and Liverpool continually, Liverpool fans continue to act like they're always the victims in every situation. So Scott's right. There is not a team that whines more than Liverpool fans. In my non-biased opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's uh, take the Manchester United <laughs> hat off and <laughs> He's clearly the, the wisest. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very well, okay. unbiased opinion. <laughs> right. Okay, so, well, okay. Just, like, worse than Chelsea fans? Yeah, uh, oh, of course. I think Chelsea fans have nothing to whine about. Well, well neither do you. Um, but Chelsea fans are, it's different. They're, like, kind of gross. You guys are whining, you know. KTJ, this is C-O-Y oh, on Twitter. No, Kyle and I, we, then, uh, 
we know. Then, Sp- we both then Spurs know. fans are, are great. They're, they're peachy keen. They're, they're clean. No, right? no, we're no, we're we're not. We the good thing about Spurs fans is our mentality matches our our uh, success level. So it's 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 okay. <laughs> the ratio is Fair. clean. Um, so look, going, I, I, going back to the game today, right? So if you look at the game as as a neutral scar, so what was Liverpool's weakness today? Like going before the game even began. Finishing center no, backs. No, they're two center backs, right? Neither of them are good. One of them's a kid. Whoa. Yeah. yeah Whoa. Wait. Wait. Well, no, yeah. Fabinho, Just excellent. let him. Let him yeah. finish. Okay. Come on. Fabinho is the best center back in the league, Christian. Have you been listening? <laughs> Better yeah. than Diver Dyer. So, so I was really expecting Mourinho to like tweak his system today, and then play either Kane further up top or have Son. Uh, be next to one of the centre backs, right, to keep one of them always occupied, and then spread mm-hmm. the game yeah. a little bit wider so that neither Robertson nor Arnold could have got forward, right? Too far, so, yeah, you too know, because because okay. none of uh, Liverpool's midfield they're really great players at hustling and closing down, but when they got the ball at their feet, they're not great passes of the ball, right? They're not like mm-hmm. Fernandez or Pogba who can like pick a a ball out for 70 yards and put it on a dime, right? So I thought Mourinho okay. would have played that kind of game rather than the game that he played of sitting back and hitting on the counter-attack, which I think Klopp was expecting. Yeah. So it was a little easier to... Uh, well, I think you're right. You're, I think you're right. And I think you and Mourinho thought the same. But his, his thought process was let them have the midfield. And I saw people on, on Twitter, rightfully so, when Autumn had a game but he went on him had a good game because we let him have a good game like if he's going to be the one that has a good game great like you get a deflected goal in a, in a goal off a corner kick when all is not gonna right cap- captain you to a four nil right so i think you're right in the thought process but Mourinho's always gonna set up to not let the other team play in these types of games i mean it, you can art right. say what you want about it that it's just how he is so he knows he has hoy bear and sissoko sitting between his center backs and fullbacks Salad Mane aren't going to do anything, right? And then let's just see what happens. And it, it say what you want. If that son set a Bergwine, it's three one, right? Well, but it wasn't. So a couple quick points here. Uh, Serge Aurier at the end of that game was so tired he could barely stand on his feet. He he did an excellent job. Hoybier did an excellent job of avoiding a second yellow on that. That wasn't play where... a yellow card, by the way. How, if, how did he get he, a card in the first place? I don't know about the first one, but the second one, like when he went to go take down, I think it was Salah going through the middle. Like he pulled off, like, I know I'm going to get sent off on this. I was kidding, what? by the way. He, he held Firmino's jersey for like 20 seconds. It was a total. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Why did. It kind of almost like lassoed him around himself mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why did, why did Mourinho switch? I asked this question. Why did Mourinho switch Bergwijn and Son? Isn't that the side that Son usually plays on? Is he it does because- that. He does that sometimes because uh, he's more willing to. He trusts Son, and he wants Son to help Aurier more because he trusts Davies to sit back and not get forward as much. Whereas Aurier, he knows. Remember the Amazon documentary? He just tells him before a match. He's like, "You, I am afraid you're going to give away a kick." a penalty through VAR like he just doesn't trust Aurier so he he trusts mm-hmm. Son to sit back and help him whereas Bergwijn has Davies behind him I, I said it on Twitter before the match I, I understand it's just his thought process Regulon is one of the best left backs in the league but he's really aggressive and he's young he didn't want him getting caught up field and then 
Salah or Mane is in behind getting an easy chance. That's why I put Davies in. And he put Bergwijn ahead of Davies because he didn't, Bergwijn didn't, didn't need to sit back as much with Davies, whereas Son could help Aurier. Um, and he so, has the speed. I mean, he has, he has yeah, like yeah. ridiculous speed where he can do more. It's his, what is classic. I mean, Mourinho, he's talked about it in the past. If he, if he takes a point away to the big clubs and wins the rest of his games, he's going to win. He doesn't care. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether you want, you like it or you don't, we talk pragmatism versus beauty of the game. I'm not. I'm over the beauty of the game BS. Honestly, I've seen us go to Liverpool. Lose <laughs> if you can nil. win, hell I don't yeah. Care. Okay. <laughs> um, we, we could have taken it today. I, I think possession says one thing. The chances say another. It was even enough for me. Um, the Firmino header was great. I mean, Dyer. You know, it was a a moving screen, but it was a hell of a header. So no, Lloris could have done nothing about it. So it, it was a good header, and uh, yeah. Good, good game. Good second half to watch. The first half was Mourinho'd up. But yeah. when do we guys play? When do we play you again? January twenty eighth. Yeah, that's my birthday. I hope we give you a birthday gift, Christian. Thank you. I think it's a Thursday you, game. Would you guys say in watching the match today that that uh, the two clubs, you know, Liverpool and Tottenham, are probably um, you know front to back the most balanced and the favorites? I mean, anything can happen. You know, Man United can get it together, Chelsea. But would you say that? Well, based on what you saw today and what they've done the last couple of weeks, makes us front runners for the uh, for the title. So before anyone answers that, I want to say, so United's two games in hand are Sheffield United and Burnley. If we win those, we're second. Yeah, I I, I agree with Christian. They're the squads this year with injuries um, are probably as about as evenly matched as I've seen across the board. Like even. You know, last year United approved a lot with Cavani coming in and, you know, also um, Van de Beek, so they got more depth. So front to back, I don't think right now there's a whole lot of difference between City, between Tottenham, between mm-hmm. Liverpool, between United, between Chelsea, between our not Arsenal. There's a lot of difference <laughs> in that squad. Well, um, they finally but, scored today. That's, you know. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. I think they have as many red cards as goals. In their last five. <laughs> I did read that. Oh. I, might have, I might have made that up. It's three reds in their last five league matches. So, but I don't. Oh, good God. I, don't, I don't necessarily know that a lot of these, you know, games are going to. The league is going to be decided by who wins the big six matchups. It's going to be who can grind out performances. You've seen it over the last, you know, since we've recorded. Um, what city tied West Brom or? Bromwich yesterday, we tied uh, Fulham, you guys tied Crystal Palace who's a good squad, not taking anything away from them, um, I think United what you guys tied somebody um, also you tied City um, so there's like a lot of so yeah, no, okay, so it's a bit it's different, but a beat, there, beating City is not for everybody, so yeah, tr- true we tied City, but there's not a lot <laughs> where you're going to separate the we from the chaff this year is going to be how you perform against the lower teams and Scott's right Jose sets up very well against them because if they score one or two goals, then the game's for the most part over because they look so solid defensively. They moved, they worked so hard, but and it's also a lot of work to put in for those players, and he doesn't have a massive squad. So that's my yeah. own concern. It's a big squad. Uh, what, I, what I'll say, it, it, it's, a, it's a, I mean, Bale wasn't even in the 18. Winks What's wrong was, with I him? Mean, it just says it illness. Was, he was playing golf. No, he's, he's, it's a non COVID um, 
sickness of some kind, the flu or something. I'm not sure. He would have never played, though. I mean, it, it skips right the amount of work that is required, especially in one of these games. Bale's not there. He didn't play hardly for a year, and then he was injured when he came to us, so he's not quite to full 90-minute fitness, let alone 90 minutes against Liverpool. And, I mean, Skiff, I know you were wow. being pompous earlier, but it, going to Anfield is – daunting for anyone what has it been like 66 since you've lost yeah. at home it's been a long so time I, as annoyed as i was and like not safe for pod language after that match <laughs> it, teams have gone there played worse done worse deserved mm-hmm. less so it's not the end of the world you know I, I wanted to get a point literally but when that corner was about to be taken i was like you know what i'm over it give me the point literally while the corner was being yeah. taken and i knew when i said that to myself it was over but um, I was. <laughs> you jinxed it. Like if you hadn't said it to yourself. I was really. That's I was mad true. in the moment, but it's not the worst thing in the did, world. Did, there were some did, positives to take. So. Do you see the Teddy Sheringham clip? I so didn't. Sher- I, I, so, I haven't seen anything. So Sheringham was uh, doing live commentary, and Liverpool got up. Uh, you know, take the corner. What Sheringham used to play for you guys, I believe, right? Um, mm-hmm. He goes. Uh, Hey, I'm not worried about this corner. Tottenham's got a bunch of big uh, players oh, back Jesus. there. there I'm, no, nothing's going to happen. And then you just see Dyer his face go, skunk. except for that. <laughs> oh. yeah, Christian, Teddy, what? Teddy Sheringham may have played for Spurs like uh, Gerard may have played for you. <laughs> kind of a good player. Just a little banter, Scott. Uh, Christian, what do you think, you know, of the of the five teams or, you know, are it, pretty even top to bottom with their mm-hmm. squads or I don't think so. I think no. Liverpool is head and shoulders above all the 100%. other teams. If if Liverpool are capable of going on another run like they did last year, I mean they they've done it the last two years. They've only added to their squad through quality with Thiago if he ever gets off the uh Who's that? Bench, I guess. <laughs> Sky, right? Sky Richarlson uh, was broken half. He's the one that you signed in his prime. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. to be fair, Richarlison almost broke his leg with a tackle, so oh, it's not like let's let's not do that again. So, so I think Liverpool's <laughs> squad is is definitely the the best one, but you know, over this next period of a month, I don't know. You know, the games are coming fast, so uh, yeah. so if Liverpool drop points and somebody can get ahead of them, so I think if Tottenham uh, can somehow get ahead by January first. I think Tottenham will probably mm-hmm. go on to win it, actually, because Mourinho's good at holding on to leads and moving on. You know, all, all things considered, the matches we faced lately and, the, the, you know, beating City, Arsenal is what Arsenal is, but it's still, a you know, the derby for us. So getting that result, you know, we faced mm-hmm. a tough run and the number of points we've got, even losing to Liverpool, in, in all honesty, any Spurs fan would have drawn out. So one here to three here, zero here. This This is about what we could have reasonably expected on, on the positive side results wise from this, this run of fixtures. So we need to make sure we clean it up. We can't drop mm-hmm. points to Fulham. I mean, we've, we've dropped the points we can drop until, until the end of the year, but I think we can do, we can do good things if we're still in contention in the top two, three ish, depending on what United does by January 1st, like Christian said, I think that we're at least worth talking about. So, and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead in the show sheet, but okay. So your next test is Lester and you're coming off kind of a heartbreaking, or, well, maybe not heartbreaking, but like a really disappointing finish in the last couple minutes of the game and Lester got waxed. 
by Everton, you know what I mean? And at home week 13, how do you see that playing out? If Leicester can't handle Everton playing the way Spurs want to play, I don't know how it's going to go for them with us. It's not Richarlison, it's uh, it's Son. I mean, it, it, the game looked exactly like Jose's going to want our game to look. And they it was very similar setup-wise, tactically. If, if Unless Jose changes something, and I don't think he will, I think Rodgers is one of those ideologue-type managers that you kind of know what you're going to get, and Jose loves that. I think that he'll be able to put him in a little box and know exactly what to get and exactly what to exploit. Now they've got really good players though. So I don't want to act like there's no chance. Vardy's really good. Madison, I think is one of the best attacking midfielders in the league. He just oozes class. Like he's one of the best players, no matter who he's playing, the touch he puts on the balls, the bends, the things he sees, he could pick apart anybody and win a match by himself. So I don't want this to seem like I think it's done and dusted, but I I think if they can't handle Everton, they're going to need to, you know, look at themselves in the mirror between now and that Spurs match and change some things. Okay. What about the rest of you guys? I mean, we'll see. It was a hard, f- <laughs> the only thing I'm concerned about and is the fact that Spurs put in a hell of an effort today, you know, bang on how they play, bang on their game plan, bang on whatever you want. I mean, it's ugly football. I don't think that most people like it, but it's very tact tactically sound but they put in a lot of work to deny space like being able to uh deny space like they did it's 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 hard work so are they tired after this game that would be the only thing that um i would be concerned about with them but christian a quick question for you um what do you what do you think the impact of some teams having fans even if it's only two thousand fans in the stadium is because i think it's only liverpool right now or Liverpool is the the main big club that can have fans. Does that make a difference? I I think it did against Fulham Mm -hmm. for Liverpool thoughts. Oh, I I agree. uh, 100%. I think a lot of the London teams had fans in the stadium, right? But I think their stadiums were, were really, really big. Anfield is a stadium where the noise holds really well. So although there was only 2000 fans there, right? It made a difference and gives them a lift. I think, and I think I said this to you uh, over Twitter, is uh, if there were fans in the stadium in the derby on Saturday, United would have took that game against City for sure. You know, City offered nothing uh, and United just didn't attack. There was nothing to like for them to keep going forward and forward and forward. But I think that was also the difference for Palace when they played against uh, Tottenham and Fulham when they played against Liverpool, right? Having those 3,000 fans to... Yeah. to really give the players that edge helps them an awful lot. And so Craven Cottage is a tiny stadium It's still too. tiny, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge lift, right? The difference, especially at stadiums like Old Trafford, right, where there's 76,000 people there. Playing there in front of... If there's 2,000 fans at Old Trafford, it's not going to make that much difference. The stadium's so big and the noise escapes so quickly out of that stadium that it's... Uh, it's it's impactful when there's only two thousand fans at Fulham. It's it's uh, it's I don't know. So one of the things that we, I brought up in our conversation was part of the impact of having fans is the novelty, you know, because they've gotten out of that, they've gotten out of um, the rhythm of responding to live crowd noise. Um, that the impact we're going to see early on 
is going to be more pronounced than if they progressively get more faint. Like it's not going to be a, a long-term uh, impact, but for right now, the, the novelty is um, amplifying the, the impact. Right. So you saw Firmino's uh, reaction when he scored his goal today, right? Mm-hmm. He well, ran like 50 cop. yards towards the cop so he could go over to the Liverpool fans and celebrate with them, right? Because it's a, it's, it's a special bond. It's, you know, when you have the fans there, the difference between United playing at home now where there's no one in the stadium to when there's 76,000 roaring them on is night and day, especially for opposing fans, right? It's, it's right. a huge difference. So I guess we'll uh, kind of see how these lockdowns play out. I think now the London teams last week had fans. Now they don't have fans. Um, right. So and and I think though I think I think tomorrow, uh, so the seventeenth of December is when uh, I I don't think anybody any fans will be allowed in the stadiums until after the new year in the UK. I think really? everybody's going Across to be three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And can you, I mean, especially because you still have family back there, can you explain how they're making the distinction? Like they're differentiating? Yeah. So if you're London, then then it's fine. You can have fans in the stadium. And, uh, and if you're Liverpool, <laughs> also fine. But if you're Manchester and other northern cities, then it's not fine. So that's pretty much how they've done it. So, so pretty much like the states here in the United States. Very similar. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, big week, big, big week. Uh, Eric, big week in fantasy for you? Uh, I, I Not think really. I think I forgot to stop my lineup and it made it even worse. <laughs> oh, oh, so you might be doing this more. Oh, I will be doing this. Oh, 100% to the end of the year, 100%. <laughs> Your level of optimism is noted. Very Spurs-like uh, optimism here. But yeah, as, as per the usual, as per the agreement, since I'm the last one on the pod, at least the regulars, I, I'm, a, I'm ahead of one person on the pod, technically now on the pod, but uh, not a regular, but we won't discuss that. But um, We're going to go top five. We'll t- start with the manager, the, t- the, the team name, the game week total, and the total in the year. So five, Stedman United managed by Cyan Stedman. He had 49 points game week three for a total of 728 points. In spot number four on the table, White Hart Kane, managed by Thomas Soli Guerriere, had 41 points this week for 733 total. Inkhart by Sushant Mane had 51 game week uh, three points with a total of 745. Gonzalo still holding on that second spot with a special one at 32 game week uh, three, uh, 13 points with 747 total. And our very own Scott Mackey, well young, 5 ATB, 29 game week three, 13 points. Uh, game week 13, 29 points. Total of, oh my gosh, is it 788 points? Wow. Woo, woo. You're first at something, Scott. <laughs> the real mentality monster. No, no, but like, you're not just like squeaking by. Like, you're ahead. It's a long season. It's a long season, you know. Uh, well, I don't want to count my uh, eggs before they hatch. I, I need something, Jen. Okay. I'm, I, I'm not going to no, let no, this no, one no, slip. Okay, I'm not no, going to jinx okay. this. Of all Fair. things. Okay, which which shirt up. are you going to get when you win? Oh, it's going to be a good one. I don't know. Right. I don't want to put too much thought into it. You should you should look yeah. at that retro site and get one of those old Spurs kits from the I, 80s. I'm going to take it one game at a time. You know, you know, rise and grind. Do the best I can to maximize. Watch film. You know, do the best I can. <laughs> Crunch some numbers. I remember to 
set lineups. Oh, Sometimes when I'm not when I'm not moving, I'll uh, I'm out of one house into another. Lineup change same day. So you yeah. have had a little bit on your plate recently. I mean, this is that this is the real big news of the pod. This week, Scott is moving to a house where he has good internet. So there real will be internet. no more Decepticon transforming <laughs> on the pod. He will oh, have legit Autobot. internet. You, you have no. to be an Autobot. You can't be no. that guy. Come not on. with that face he's a decepticon no. um, is that a compliment actually i'm not sure <laughs> mine was i don't know about skiff thank you Jen. so uh so on to the pick where eric you're not in last as a matter of fact you are in first place now, do i get a kit for that too or is that just the famous i you know we didn't agree on that before the season so uh <laughs> Come on. should have written that you should have written that into your contract your agent did not negotiate well Sorry about that. You have 35 points. We had our guest picker last week, FSU manager Brandon. Is, and much, much is like, Eric represented by Ed Woodward or something? Or? Yes, yes. He is a Woodward, uh, <laughs> Woodward client. He needs to dump him for uh, Riola or something. Uh, oh, bad was, bad what's choice. What's the name of the guy that does the football coaches? His last name's Sexton. Jimmy, Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton. Yeah, that's who you need to get to represent you. Yeah, then it'd be like Ted Lasso. Uh, anyways, we had our FSU manager, Brandon Pick, last week, and he got a lonely one, Uno, right. Which is Did one better any? Which is one better than you had, Jim, because you had a goose egg. Hey, top you four, as, Brandon. Top you four. got as many points as Tottenham did this week. So uh, Charles went ahead right, and got sorry, good three. Company. Charles got three right. He picked Burnley over Arsenal. You got to commend that pick. Eric, uh, myself, both had two right. Scott, you got out of your five draws, you got one right. And FSU manager Brandon got one right. See, Char- Charles got that really pick right only because I didn't pick Arsenal to win. That was a total jinx move on my part. In retrospect, I can acknowledge it. So that's, <laughs> you're welcome, Charles. So that that tightens the part, standing, <laughs> tightens the mid table, all chasing the leader Eric. So oh. now Jen has twenty eight. Scott, myself, and Charles are tied with twenty seven. And fans, you guys oh. are sucking it up lately. Last place with twenty six. Well, but I mean, the, they're they're kind of at a disadvantage because it's hard to get like a a strategy going. I mean, better than my strategy, obviously, since I got zero right this week. So, I mean, isn't your strategy to pick the winner? <laughs> oh, shut up. Yeah, right. but it's it's game theory. You have to spread your risk. You have to make certain decisions based on other people and leverage. I mean, it's not that simple, Skiff. You clearly aren't paying attention. Oh, we're in oh, the yeah. same spot, so clearly <laughs> your strategy is just I'm as effective as mine. Shit at the wall. <laughs> I'm parking the bus sitting on the counter. Oh man! Well, we do have some exciting games uh, coming up this week. I would be remiss if I didn't mention. Uh, Scott, who got sacked this week? We we had we had some n- names thrown out there. Who got the old sack? Oh, a uh, Billich, right from West Palm, yeah. Slavin Billich. Even Which is it's it's tough surprise. tough on him. I know they're in a they're in a bad spot, and th- they're gonna name Allardyce. I saw, of course. And you know what? They're gonna stay up. I said it on Twitter. They're gonna stay up now. Watch. He will grind Christian his disagrees. way to like forty-one. No points. chance. No chance. The bottom the. West Brom, Sheffield United, Fulham. But this is the classic Chris move, though, Christian, is to hire Sam Allardyce, Sam. Or it is. Royal, I agree. You know, Hodgson, Allardyce, <laughs> one of these retreads. 
but that that squad, that now? West Brom squad, is so bad. Oh, it's bad. Their, I, their love Ajayi, good. I love a Johnson. Johnson, Johnson is good. Wasn't he ma- Allardyce the England manager for like 15 minutes before he got caught on tape, like bribing agents or something? Didn't yeah. what, what happened with him? Was it England? It was England, yeah. 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 I can't, I can't literally remember not- what it was. <laughs> yeah. it, it was literally like two weeks. He, I did even coach a match. I don't think he, so. No, he I, did. He did. He, he, he did one game. He did one game. He brought, uh, he had West Ham. He's a forward for West Ham. Antonio, I think he was playing. Yeah, Antonio. Yeah, it was uh, was an interesting squad that he chose. But uh, yeah, good for for Big Sam. Actually, I thought he was actually going to go to Arsenal when uh, Arteta's fired next week. Yeah, Arteta deserves a lot. Look, he's a club legend. He deserves a long leash, patience. <laughs> couple years, couple more years. Is that, is that kind of one of those he deserves some time kind of thing? No, listen, this this is COVID. You know, the budgets are tight. You're second or source. You can't get rid of Arteta. You just can't do okay. that financially. So, I guess the the la- still making money. La- Pochettino yeah. walks into uh, the Emirates. Oh, oh, how? Oh, what? What? What does that no. make you feel, Scott? I won't engage this podcast for <laughs> too long. <laughs> just this, let's just redact the next half an hour of me reacting to that because I, I can't do okay. it. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and club. No, we're not going down this hole. We're moving on. Nope. Okay, so who do you think actually is the next? I mean, because we we talked about it a little bit. We looked at odds. I haven't like obviously because this stuff is i'm sure it's been updated because we've actually had some movement on that front um who who's next i mean is it sheffield united is it arsenal who's the next one to to break arsenal aren't going to fire arteta they're not going to do it look at that face so it will be not uh, this year who's who sheffield united's coach wilder chris wilder so he'll be gone after the game tomorrow you think so? Yeah. Um, they may, I wonder. They may, they may give him Saturday against Brighton. You, you don't think Brighton? they're comfortable? They're comfortable going down. Well, probably. That you know, West Brom are going to go down. So, but it's you know, clubs like that, they always think they should be doing better. Especially last. Well, so last year, I think gave them a false impression of where they should be. Right. Okay. Well, the only reason I ask that is because they made no investment over the summer. It almost felt to me like they were like, oh, wow. Let's put this money in our pocket and hope Wilder right. keeps us up. Like they don't expect it. You're probably right. They'll they'll sack. I think he's a good manager. Uh, uh, but right, right. They bought uh, a Brewster from Liverpool. Yeah, nice buy. Oops. Should have taken Harvey on loan. Another goal in the championship today. Yeah, you guys sold your soul for clubs, but paying stupid money for your scrubs. Brewster. Who is the winger that played like half a game for you? And you Jordan Ibe, like, Dominic Solanke. Michael Edwards is the transfer out god. It's, it's ridiculous. He's gotten like 15 to 20 million pounds for every one of those players. Yeah, you yeah. wear that little gold swan on your chest for five minutes and you triple your transfer fee. Well, that's what okay. Barcelona did with Coutinho. <laughs> okay, so who looking at Sheffield United, like, I think one of the things that I've, I've heard kind of bandied about is that if you get a new manager, a lot of times you'll get that kind of new manager bounce. Uh, 
-hmm. and you will have kind of a turn in form. So looking at Sheffield United's kind of fixture list coming up, who do you think they get their first win against? United tomorrow. No. You are lying. That's what Christian picked in the pick'em as your guest picker, all of our fans. It wasn't. Yeah, but how much of that is like the reverse jinx kind of thing? Did I do that? Christian would never do that. No, I didn't do that. No, you did. I didn't do that. That was United against Leeds, and I picked United. I'm never going to pick Leeds. Yeah, I was about to say, you wouldn't do that. But (laughs) Christian, talk talk to me about United Leeds. We specifically uh, assigned you or asked you to, uh, to chat about this. Talk about the rivalry between well, them why why do you hate Leeds so much okay so well well so i think jen was was uh was talking about so before we get on to the united Leeds thing <laughs> focus <laughs> come on y'all answer the question okay so maybe to make this a little bit easier sheffield united's next set of lineups or lineup is they've got man united brighton everton burnley crystal palace Newcastle, Tottenham, and then Man United again. Do you see them winning any of those? The stats say that they should be winning more games than they are, but they're not. So Burnley? I don't think it'll be Burnley. You think Brighton? I don't think it. I, Brighton's pretty good. Brighton's yeah, actually, good. I, but I think yeah. that's they, that first. you got to break season. somewhere, though. Well, no, Burnley's don't. Burnley's really organized, and Brighton's actually kind of good. Yeah, I know. As uh, a Jen, Jen, this is like one of those things where you ask your partner like where they want to go to dinner, and then they don't answer, and you start naming places, and they just shoot them down. I know oh. this is frustrating, so I'm sorry that I'm doing this <laughs> no, to you. Like okay. you're naming clubs, and I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. I won't give you any input. So I do acknowledge that I'm being annoying here. They're not well, going to okay. win. They might win one more game the whole season. They haven't won one yet. That's why I said they might win one more game. Well, one more indicates they've won at least one. No, it doesn't. And you say you win one more game, like on the rest of the season, there's one more you win. No, Jen, Jen's right. You're wrong. No, that's not how that's not how grammar works. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, you, is it what, USF, right, so, Rod? That's why. Congratulate, dickhead. But thank you. <laughs> Okay, so in February, they play, who do they play? They play West Brom, and and they play Fulham. So are we hoping maybe it happens in February? No, they're going to lose every game. No more. more. So the whole debate over what, okay, whatever. All right. (laughs) Hey, so are we doing the pick'em? Yeah. All right. We're going to do it. All right, so pick them. So the first game, Southampton City. Uh, three draws, two City wins, and Christian picks Southampton. Yes. All of you people who are related to Christian who are blue in Manchester, your prodigal son picked against you. You're welcome. Or is he reverse jinking you? You're welcome. I, I don't know. You're welcome. You're welcome. Southampton. Are playing I would really be well, excited though. if Southampton won. Yeah, me too. I mean, I want every single team who plays every one of your teams to lose or to win over them. So, do you guys think Southampton is legit, though? No. If they I have mean, a few injuries, right, then then they'll sink. I mean, well, they've Ings, Ings is yeah. out. They've He's had back. Ings out. Walcott, 
Is he back? Yeah. Walcott. Come on, man. Yo, Walcott, the destroyer. Now, Che Adams has been playing well, though, too. And James Ward Prowse, right? Isn't that his name? Yeah. What's amazing He's like the sole is player last season left they, from... they got hammered 9 mil against Leicester with the same squad and the same coach, and they kept the coach, and look at them now. It's impressive. I like Southampton. He's a good he's a good manager. I like watching him. I do too. And one of my former uh, roommates at university, he's from Southampton. So shout out to Tony. All right. So the next game, Everton they... Arsenal. Ooh. Everton Arsenal. Scott. Definitely Arsenal. Picked Arsenal. Listen, eventually, eventually they're gonna turn it around. I don't think I think Arteta's better than the results have been. Now their squad, I don't know if they're better than the results have been. But eventually, Aubameyang has to make a difference, right? I mean, they have some good pieces. Ceballos is pretty good. Aubameyang is very good. Villian, out, out of his wheelchair, is pretty good. So eventually, one of these guys is going to make an impact. Is this the worst Arsenal team that you guys... I mean, you guys are out, what, 20 years maybe you've been watching? Is this, like, the worst Arsenal team you guys have ever seen? By a large margin. Yeah. What's, it's tough, though, is... I think Wenger was better than Arsenal fans wanted to give him credit for, even there at the end. What is the difference between Wenger and Arteta and the squads? Like, is Wenger that much better than Arteta so the squads were almost even? Because the, the data doesn't lie. Arteta is, you know, one big toilet flush. Right. Uh, I, I just don't know if it's the squads are different or if well, the Wenger managers had a style are of, So you're talking about Roger's style of play, right? So Wenger had a style of play as well. And from the youth team all the way up, Everybody played it. So when youth players will step into the first team, they they could play in that same style as well. So uh, everybody knew what they were doing and how they would do it. Now, the better coaches like Ferguson and Mourinho could counter those systems and beat them regularly once they knew what, how he was going to play. But still, it was a, it was a great So, But are we making the mistake of comparing somebody, you know what I mean, in the latter half of their career versus somebody who is – you know, who's never had coaching experience at this level. You know what I mean? How much of it is just an unfair comparison? Arteta's in a tough spot, though. Like, uh, Partey, they signed for an ungodly amount of money. And his dad's already said, like, we were hoping somebody else would come in. But, okay, Arsenal came in. We'll go there. And then he limps off the field when Spurs are on their break and Arteta tries to force him back out there. He's like, no, bro, I'm good. Like, the it's fine. What happened? Whatever. We're 15th, right? I'm not going to tear my hamstring for this team. And, you know, Ceballos is one of the best midfielders. He's on loan. He doesn't care about them. Some of their better players are looking at looking at the door or at retirement. So he's in a tough spot. I really do. All jokes aside, I think Arteta is better than Arsenal right now. And I, I fear that he might get caught up in this and he will go somewhere else eventually and look good. And Arsenal will be like, what happened? Like, how did we do that with him well you you joke about liverpool and you know they're sending out and the players that you know for ungodly sums but one thing liverpool are good about is calling their squad arsenal have a lot of high paid players that maybe aren't performing at the level that they are i mean they have paying what mesut ozil 350,000 pounds a week to sit on the bench like so they have multiple coaches over multiple years with no sound recruitment strategy and now you're looking at a mismatched squad where 
you're coming in a COVID shorted year, COVID shorted year where Arteta is having to try to put his stamp on this team. And there's no, there's no continuity. I mean, at least with there's United, no, right. Right. There's no director of football either. Right. Like there's right. not even a recruitment team. Right. At least with United, like, you know, United are going to play United's way, except when Jose was the manager. So, you know, they at least have a style. You're giving you know? them too much credit. Ole's not no. playing the United way. Don't do that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Klopp has his system. Jose has his system. He's had a little bit more time to enact it. So I think you've got to, I think you've got to get him time. I agree with your assessments. I don't know if they will, but you picked Arsenal to win because you're putting the jinx on them. Eric, myself. No, and I'm not. Everton or Everton, Alan went down with an injury today. I, I think they could easily beat Everton. I mean, who are, right. who are, Alan has let, led the league in tackles, um, interceptions, all of these defensive things. And who's going to go in? Decore? Like, he's great. He, you know, he, he's rangy, but Alan is all action. Who's going to replace Alan? He may have torn his hamstring today. Oh, it was bad. He knew it as soon as he did it, too. Like, they had to stretch him off the field, and he's only 15 yards away from getting off. He could not get off the pitch. What do you think, Christian? I think you picked uh, a picked draw. Tie. Yeah. 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 So draws by uh, Eric, or sorry, by Charles and Christian, the United fans. Liverpool fans all picked Everton. I have no idea why. And then the Tottenham <laughs> fan picked Arsenal. So today's backwards day uh, overall. Uh, we've got no, Spurs. No and, bias. Yeah, no bias at all. We've got Spurs and Leicester. Uh, we'll come back to that one. Uh, we'll save that one for the end. Uh, we've got Brighton, Sheffield. Um Everybody, except for Christian, with a Brighton sweep. Uh, Christian picked Sheffield. So now we'll get into our two main games. Where wait, we're going to actually so, do some So let me tell you why, why I chose Sheffield, right? Yep. So I think that United, Manchester United win tomorrow. And then Wilder's kind of playing like every game is his last game. If he doesn't win, he's going to get fired. So I think Brighton okay. is a game he wins. And then the week after, he loses and gets fired. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can I can totally happen. see it, yeah, playing out like that. Yeah, what's what's interesting is um, both of those teams actually Brighton and um, Sheffield United. If you look at their XG versus X spectacles against both of those teams, Sheffield should theoretically have five more points than they do. They have one, so they should have six. Brighton has ten but their expected points would have been 19 based on the way that they've played. So brain's a sneaky, sneaky, good team. So you got to watch out for them. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, we've got the, you kind of gave us a little preview, Scott, with the uh, Spurs Lester, but um, you know, anything you want to add uh, uh, to that earlier preview there? For the table purposes, I'm glad that Lester lost to Everton, but for that next matchup, I wish they wouldn't have because some comfort around playing someone who can hit you and like 10 seconds later, you have the ball, but you've just conceded. Now they're going to be, you know, their hair on the back of the neck will be standing up when they lose possession. Transition will be more crisp. It'll be a challenging match. But then again, at the same time, we're going to be ready to rock after what we went through against Liverpool. Yeah. So it, it'll be even. They have a lot of talent. But Eric, you're the, you're the man at the top you pick spurs what uh what's your reasoning behind that i don't know i think spurs are just a uh just a better 
in, in a better shape so far as, you know, attacking and defending. I think they're just a more well-rounded team, but it'll be a tough match. I don't see any club running away with it. And I was almost actually going to pick a draw. So I could have gone that way too, but I, I think Spurs win something like a, you know, low scoring game, like a, something like a two one with like a, a, a late winner. So I think if this game had been played any time other than uh, Spurs losing a late, late, late goal at Anfield, then I'd have gone for Spurs too. But uh, I think Leicester will win because I think Spurs will be mentally uh, exhausted after put, after defending for, for 90 minutes and then losing a last-minute goal at, at Anfield. So I think the first 45 minutes will be a tough game for them. And second second 45 after they've maybe gone in at halftime and got a bollocking from Mourinho maybe a little bit different. So, uh, but I think the first 45 so this minutes is... will be a tough game. I think you're right, Christian. And this match will be more telling for me than Liverpool because it, it'll it'll let you know how much of an impact Mourinho has had on the direction of the mental side of these players. Yeah. Okay. So, like the mentality, like literally, you know, the the tie against Crystal Palace, the loss, and Last then minute. figuring out how you you rebound from that. Okay. Yeah. So, in your mind, would a draw? be it well i don't want to i hate using the term moral victory but would a draw does it, i mean is it one of those like it's got to be a win or it's disaster no i don't think there's any i'm not right now right no not not disaster it, i expect them to win that needs to be their expectation going against Leicester. Like, I, I think it's going to be a tough one because, like, Madison is, is tough for me and Vardy between those two. But if they have to go into that expecting to win, I thought we were going to beat Liverpool. Like, I, I think – I know I didn't pick it because I don't want to jinx us, but I feel that way with Spurs that with the way he wants to set it up and, you know, you can joke about Dyer all you want to, but he's – responded well to Mourinho and Toby Alderweireld is one of the most solid center backs in the league. I'm not scared of anyone, any attack. So if the players don't expect to win every game, then there's a major problem and we're lucky to be where we are. I hope they expect to win. If we don't win, it won't be a disaster, but I think that they have to come out there mad about what happened. Not because it wasn't fair but because they played pretty well at Anfield. They, 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 deserved, they deserved a point. Right. So, and they didn't get it. So they, they need to respond to that, but Christian's right. They're tired. They work their butts off. What, how do you come out? I think there'll be quite a few changes in the 11. You, you got to respond. This is how you define yourself. It's not the loss. It's how you respond two days later. How do you respond to the loss? Yeah. And so, I think, I think that that's well, the mentality that Jose brings to the team, whereas before they might've gone into that game kind of doubting or in the dumpsters, you know, he's going to keep them at a higher mentality level than maybe Pochettino was. That's his experience that he brings to them. Well, Pochettino, in my opinion, he wouldn't have even talked about the Liverpool game. He would have moved on. Mourinho will absolutely make them watch every clip of their mistakes, every clip of the, the missed chances. Like he'll, and because he's an egomaniac, he's going to say, listen, I was right. You screwed this up. Watch this, watch this, and watch this. And they're going to see it. And then there's going to be some changes. I think Adamblay is going to come in and probably dominate what the about match. What uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah, he'll play for sure. Um, I, but I'm so interested. I was, so interested in I was how this goes. really surprised Adamblay didn't play today because I thought that he could have controlled that midfield if Jose had wanted to. You guys I, keep setting me up to talk too much. 
No, no. I'm just saying we don't have to talk about it. I'm just You're right. He would have dominated dominated that midfield. You can't press him. You can't. So because of the result tonight, I went for a Leicester City win. Oh yes, he did. And uh I went ahead and picked a draw along with Scott. Charles picked Leicester. So the United fans united against uh Spurs. Shocking, I know. But uh speaking of United, Christian teased it early on tell, tell us a little bit about your your good old friends uh leads why, why do you hate them so much really why why do you hate them so much so it's not it's not a hate it is it is it is hate so, uh, so, <laughs> like, so it actually, really so it actually goes back like hundreds and hundreds of years so in the 15th century uh there was it was two houses so the house of lancaster and the house of york so the House of Lancaster was the Red Rose and the House of York was White Roses. You've all heard of the War of the Roses, right? I was like, are we really doing like, um, okay, War of the right. Roses. All right, carry right. on. So War of the Roses, so it all goes like way back then. And uh, so White Rose, Red Rose. So and history, like, as, as it, like, it continues. So the Industrial Revolution began in Manchester. And uh, so our arrival during the Industrial Revolution was leads right so all of the cardinopolis and all of the the wool and things like that all came from those two big cities that we went throughout the world so all of the manufacturing started from then that's where all the jobs were so then when it came to the soccer field right both cities are very very similar like liverpool and manchester leeds and manchester all really really similar and uh so in the 70s when the clubs would play each other we had Bobby Charlton, they had Jack Charlton. And uh, quite often the, the matches would end in just violence. And my, and my dad, hopefully he's listening to this podcast this time, uh, was, was part of that whole hooligan element in the 70s. And he would travel to Ellen Road with golf balls with nails in it, allegedly, and uh, be throwing them at the Leeds fans and things like that. So he was part of that whole element. And then, of course, like... And, and my wife is like, why do you hate Leeds so much? Because, you know, that you never played them. But we didn't. She's right. But in the 90s, just before the Premier League began, right, it was Leeds were promoted from the second division to the first division. They had Gordon Strachan, United's old player. And then they uh, bought this really talented French guy called Cantona and uh, ended up winning the league just before the Premier League began. And uh, then United bought Cantona from Leeds. And then we uh, went on to win the Premier League. So uh, so there's always been this rivalry between the two sets of fans just because we're so close together. And uh, and because it's... Uh, who said wow? Scott, did you not know all this information? Oh. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. No, I didn't know this about is Canada. incredible. Oh, really? 500 that's, years. That's, 500 Years. I didn't. I did not know any of. I, I. I knew. I know who Cantona is. I didn't actually know he played for Leeds. That's. That's. Yeah, did I. And you bought what? Really? Rio Ferdinand from them. So yeah. So so you know we bought we bought Ferdinand from them as well and Alan Smith from them as well. But but there's always been that 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 cutting edge between the two sets of fans. Like even when they were like really bad, when we played them, the hostility at Allen Road was just incredible. So the difference, so I know, Jen, earlier on this week, right, you said to me, like, so who are your biggest rivals? So it's Liverpool because we were always 
the two teams who are going for all the trophies, right? As well as only being 30 miles from each other. Manchester right. Leeds is only 40 miles from each other, right? But City, City, in my whole childhood, and I've said this lots of times on this podcast now, right? They were always just like the, the little brother who you <laughs> didn't really care. It wasn't until the, the, the oil money came in that they were good, right? So that's why, so even now, I know everyone's like, so why don't you just hate them? It's because they were always just city, you know, and they're all, and they will always be just be city. But, uh, but Leeds is just, is something else. They're, they're fine. <laughs> you, you will never, that's... ever need a nice Leeds fan. And I'm saying that thinking of all the Leeds fans that I know, and there's not one that I know that's nice. What's, what's their mascot? A sheep or <laughs> Isn't their mascot a sheep or something, yeah. Christian? No, it's a white rose. Oh, Okay. Is it really? See that now this is all starting to make sense. I had no idea. That's so, amazing. That, that I, I knew, knew the, the history part. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, you know, War of the Roses, yes. Okay. So, Industrial Revolution, yes. Um, yeah, but the more recent, like, soccer stuff, like, that's, that is super cool. So, I, I have a question. Does anybody else have leads related questions for Christian? Because I have a little mini rabbit hole I want to go down just okay. due to my own ignorance. Anybody mine, else got leads mine questions? Mine would be super off topic. So run ahead. Just go for so, it. Yeah. So my question is what, because we've been talking project big picture and, and t- COVID is driving all these things. What drove the creation of the Premier League in the first place? Because they, they had the, the the pyramid is the pyramid. What, what happened to even go there uh so it was down to money right so yeah. uh so rupert murdoch he uh he wanted to invest mm. with sky sports and i think that was what the driving force was behind it so at the same time uh he also wanted to buy united and uh and that was uh rebuked and instead of murdoch taking over we had the glazers instead and uh, and he, and the was it the football league who actually said no Murdoch can't have United like he can't own the Premier League and also have uh, United Man United right? yeah right They're like no but yeah so that that's how it began it was all it was all money and also being able to have uh, like all the games televised and things like that they just wanted just to rebrand the league less less teams also. Yeah, yeah. So it was really interesting. So, uh, so at the time I was at college, and and you know, it was when Ferguson was was really starting to get you know the United team together, and you know, we lost the league at Anfield as Leeds as Leeds won it, and uh, it was it was funny because we were all saying you know next year with the new league we'll probably win it. Now it's you know we'll never win the old league and we'll win the new one. So. And we did. So you never won, actually won League One? We did. We did. But okay. in, the, in the 60s, 50s, 60s. Right. Yeah. Reminds me of Florida State, the kind of bookending the BCS. Right, right. right. That's what it was like, right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry for the diversion. Go ahead, Skiff. No. No, no. I was just going to say, Great everybody, question. we picked a clean sweep of uh, United. But I, I will say that Leeds, uh, Leeds turned it on the second half today. Vintage Leeds display versus Newcastle. Ooh. Five five to two. Newcastle. What you doing? What's going on there, buddy? Getting hey, pummeled. Mike Ashley. Get a Mike Ashley. So so Leeds, even a few years ago, right? We played them in the FA Cup the third round. 
and they were in the, the lower league, the championship. And uh, they came to Old Trafford and they beat us 1-0. And, uh, and for weeks after, I was just... So There's got to be a DVD out there of <laughs> so that. We'll get you into our secret center. I'll oh, buy you my word. I just He's couldn't like, believe no. it. It was shocking. And, and my dad like called me later on. He's like, are you okay? <laughs> Again, he never does that life for any game. And he's like, so I, okay. I gotta, I gotta ask. So obviously, you hate Leeds. What was your opinion of Bielsa prior to Leeds? Because Bielsa is this like weird. Everybody kind of has a soft spot for Bielsa, but so he went to Leeds. And right. Then... So I actually really didn't know much of him before then. So. Uh, oh okay. So I don't. So his story of the blue line and to go there and things like that, I just think he's a maniac. He's a total lunatic. Right. I think I'm I'm more exposed to it because of the Pochettino aspect. Yeah, so, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Eric, uh, one quick thing with you. you we had a uh, we had a new uh, a commitment this week by one of our uh, our listeners. You want to tell us a little bit uh, about uh, what team he committed to? Uh, I know it's one of your teams you have a soft spot. For. Oh, we did. Tell, yeah. us, tell, tell us a little bit about that. New, yeah, listener, boy, new team. Uh, my dude, I like this dude a lot, man. He's really cool. His name is uh, Dustin Franklin. So if you ever listen to him and follow him, he does a podcast called uh, Don't Go Out There. And it's on, on Twitter is DGOT. And what they do is they basically review horror movies. I listen to it. I'm listening to it today on Alien. It's really, really good. So if you're really into horror, man, check these guys out. They're really good. Don't go out there. But He's been kind of contacting us for a while, and he's a follower of the of the uh, individual Twitter handles of us. And he knew we had a soccer pod. He's like, I really want to give this Premier League. You know, what team do I choose? And so we're all jumping on him. And even the non-pod, the, you know, the regular listeners are jumping on him with, oh, choose this team or choose that team or don't choose this team or don't, don't choose. Dude, it was like a free-for-all. It was really wild. We're all giving him, you know, our opinions on who to choose and who not to choose. And so he said he was going to do his research and watch his, you know, YouTube's Eclipse and, and read about the histories of the teams and what did he finally narrow it down to? What Wolves, Arsenal, and United? I think wasn't it? I've heard the third team, but it was probably. like the third team, right? So yeah. we did a really. There was only forward. one that most of us were like. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, like no, we, I, I wanted him to pick Arsenal because I wanted him to suffer, but he didn't. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so he uh, he narrowed it down to those three, and and we're all Florida State people, fans or alums, and we all uh, follow the football team among other other sports. And if you're not familiar, listen to this podcast. Not familiar with. Um, college, you know, football recruiting is a lot of times the, the big four or five star kids will have the hats uh, on a table and they'll have a press conference and I choose, you know, Florida State and they'll put on the FSU hat. Sometimes they'll fake it out and look like they're putting on one school's hat and they put on another one. But he did actually do a pretty cool graphic where he put all three hats on the table. I believe, like I said, it was United, Wolves, Arsenal. And he actually committed to uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. He's actually a Wolves fan now and he fell in love with the league just like we were all in love with it. And he loves the, the game as like me, he's learn, looking to learn more, and uh, he enjoyed his first win the other day. So, so history lost. He, he what? So history lost in this battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he actually picked Wolves in their right. first game. They got hammered for nothing by Liverpool. Yes. Did someone send him Jorge Mendez's Wikipedia page when he made this decision? No, no. But he did order a Traore jersey, which, of course, comes with a complimentary um, baby oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Listen, yeah. all jokes aside, I, I massive respect. Wait, Trey. baby oil? Wait, did you say baby oil? Yeah, you've never seen Traore <laughs> before the games. He, like, lubes up with baby oil. His muscles are all shining. So it just notice. bounces off defenders. Yeah. I, okay, nice. all right. So I pointed it He's out, and they recognized him telling the truth. <laughs> I would have thought yeah. that would have been a Jen thing 
for sure. I, I did. No, 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 no. I pointed it out. And then the next well, time they watched, they're like, oh, yeah. What happened is. is Jen mentioned it once. And that was Skiff like, okay, somebody else mentioned this. So now I can hammer it every week. Every week, baby. The, no yeah, trophies. The, cat, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> I, I can go full baby oil. <laughs> we gotta love the baby this oil. is getting weird let's transition i do listen uh, he he made a good choice though because it's a good team to watch you know uh, like jimenez goes down they're still playing well they're, they're nuno is excellent it, it's a it's a good decision i don't know how long it will last like jorge mendez gets tired of his little play thing and then you know wants to go do something else who knows but it's a good team to watch it's good good like i talk about the ethos of managers and the clubs all the time it seems like they're in sync so you know, it should have been Spurs, but Wolf is not a bad decision. Christian. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun time by him. If you want to follow him, I just got his, uh, his handle. It's a good, good guy. He's a DM Frank underscore. So real good guy. If you want to shout at him about um, his new love of soccer or, or horror, just get at him. And he's a real good follower. I'll catch him in a couple of cool. weeks. Don't worry. Quick, uh, quick shout out for you. You, um, you've got a buddy who uh, you buy or sells vintage uh, stuff. You joined us. You want to give a plug out to, uh, to his site? Yeah, 3D so, Retro. Say it incredible. again. Incredible. Three, three, the the number three? Retro. Three Retro. Yeah. So he's got what? Old, the, the jerseys from the 80s and 90s? Yeah, the, and, and, and even teams. earlier than that, too. Even yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah, the 6061 um, Spurs kits on. It's, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing some shopping at the end of the year for my fantasy championship, for sure. <laughs> you should. You should. All right. All right. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, Eric, you want to close this out? What in the world of football? What do you got? Uh, what do you got this week? I, I, can't, I can only imagine. Uh, it's not, not too wild this week, but kind of going on the Spurs, uh, the Spurs side of things. Um, they drew 1-1 against Crystal Palace on Sunday, but if you uh, were watching the match, um, what they've been doing in the Premier League, as well as a lot of the matches in the United States, has been taking a knee um, so far as to recognize the struggle that African-Americans have you know, faced in, in England and in our country in America. And so the, what they do is take a knee for about a minute to show respect to them and, and to show their uh, knowledge of their share, their knowledge of the struggle, and then they'll they'll, they'll go play. But uh, the great Song Hyung Min and Christian Beneke actually forgot to take a knee. And if you look at the video, we can link on our Twitter page. Everybody else is kneeling, and they're just chatting on the sideline like nothing's – and they're starting in the, the, the match. They're starting the match, and they're chatting on the sideline, and nothing's bothering them. You know, not, not a care in the world. And then all of a sudden, oh, oh crud, we got to go on – we got to go in the circle, and then they started kneeling. But – they're just carrying on like they just totally forgot. So it's kind of funny. Have they changed? I think they changed from from one theme to another. Right? Aren't they doing the no racism technically like the, the yeah no room for knee racism for something? No, yeah, no room for racism. Yeah. That's right. Right. Or must they but there's, yeah, they're still doing the knees in the in the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This week, but they just forgot. That's no, all. no, you're right. I, I didn't mean to like change the subject. It's yeah. it's it's a good uh, it's a good one. Sanchez loves to talk. He's like he me. He does. He's chatty. He's a chatty caddy. Uh, He's like me, except South Korean with hair. And actually scores goals. and makes a lot of money. Oh, dude, I was scoring all kinds of goals when I was like seven. <laughs> Not against Christian and FIFA, I'll tell you that. Um, oh, no. Listen, if anybody wants a good game of FIFA and you want to go home with your tail between your legs, go play Christian. PS4. I'll put you in a locker quickly. Maybe we'll do a little, uh, little FIFA guess. tournament here. It was only eight nil Christian, a few times. Once, <laughs> once was it once? And I drew, and I did get a result once. Did, I drew you did. once. You did. I as soon as I get internet in the new house, I will I will come at you. It's like it's on. Oh, all right. Well, I'll play you from a beanbag chair with my TV <laughs> on the floor. 
I'm, I'm lucky I only have an Xbox. If you beat Scott 8 0, I can imagine I'd be like 20 0. <laughs> it's funny. I was actually, Christian, no jokes, all jokes aside, I almost brought my PlayStation into the hotel tonight to try to see if I could set it up and play you with, <laughs> at the hotel. But my wife was like, nope, you're not doing that. Womp, womp. Well, oh, well. Christian, thanks uh, again for joining us. We always appreciate no, it. Uh, if you look at uh, our, our Twitter page, Christian has his uh, professor background in his Zoom, and he gave us a lesson tonight. Uh, we, re- we always appreciate your knowledge of uh, history of the game and just your insights you bring. So thanks again for joining us. Um, Next week, don't forget, exciting holiday episode and then our uh, Christmas uh, episode also, which will feature, you know, what does Santa need to bring your team for you to win the Premier League next year? So thanks for joining us. Check us out on Twitter 5ATB. See you guys next week. Sorry, Spurs.